Welcome, guys and gals. You have tuned in to Scene and Nerd on Earth 2. How's it going, everyone? You're listening to Scene and Nerd. We are the Earth 2 crew. We don't talk Flash and Arrow here because that's what the Earth 1 Matt and Sarah crew I don't know that's what they do so me and carrie carrie say hey hi <laughs> we we decided we wanted to give some love to the other four or the other two out of the four cw shows so we're going to be covering supergirl and legends of tomorrow here on earth two yes how's the weather in earth two carrie <laughs> actually it's really humid today so on earth one it's really cold or it's really yeah. dry yeah it's very humid for for Earth 2 this time of year. Do you think on Earth 2, well, do you think we on Earth 2, do you think we're Lawlover fans? <laughs> we think, are not. <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure we're Ray Licity fans on Earth 2. We are. We, we yes, Ray's the best. Ray, he is. Ray Palmer. I mean, what? where would the CW be without Ray Palmer? I know. I mean, Legends, he's pretty much the main character on Legends. But we're going to get the Legends because we're going to start off with our Monday show, Supergirl. Now that there is Supergirl, there is also a Superman in the show. And we kind of covered it on last week's uh, main scene and nerd episode that still hasn't gone up on iTunes. But... That's been lost in yeah, that. I think it's been lost, but we'll we'll go back over. What what do you think of what's his Taylor Hoken? I forget Hotlin. 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 We don't pronounce things correctly on this earth. <laughs> no. On on Earth too, his name is Taylor Hoeklin. I don't even know. Hecklin, I think, is how Sarah pronounced it, and she's. She's good at pronouncing things. So what do you think of him? Do you like him as Superman? I do. I I really, really do. And I kind of, I hope that he comes back for more um, episodes. I know there are people saying that he should have his own show, which uh, I don't know if he should have his own show, but I definitely like him on Supergirl. And I think like Tyler, I'm just going to call him Tyler. Tyler has stepped into the role that's, I mean, it's a big role to fill, and he's stepped into it, and I don't know, it fits. He, he does, he, you know, yeah. works for him. Yeah, you know, I've, I've heard a, a lot of people saying that he's the best Superman, like, since Christopher Reeves, like, and it's, and comparing him to like the movie version as well, like, and I like the suit, you know, I like Man of Steel and all that. That's good enough. That's yeah. fine. And I, I kind of feel the same way that Kevin Smith does about all, like any of these characters, even like Black Canary. Like, like I'm trying not to complain about them because back when I was young, like we didn't have this shit. Like we didn't have any of these characters or anything on live tv and just the fact that we're getting clark kent and superman on supergirl is is just amazing to me yeah like you can tell that cw's really like pushed the budget on supergirl because i feel like cbs was really cheap on their like cgi effects and how much they showed Kara like flying and using her powers and stuff yeah, the, 
they kind of she has more uh, like you said the powers I, I don't think they showed the um, <laughs> I'm gonna call it the eyes of fire you know she can shoot fire out of her eyes heat vision yeah yeah hey eyes of fire heat vision same thing eyes of fire <laughs> sounds like a, sounds like a song <laughs> it actually does it kind of sounds like it i think it's like a johnny cash song like ring of fire but anyway <laughs> i i think they showed that maybe once in season one and that was it yeah and i feel like back in season one and it, and it was i think she used it she used it in the first episode when she burned up the like that alien dude who was trying to kill her's axe, yeah, and it was I think her heat vision was blue back then, and I was just like, well, it's really weird because they were like, oh, it's like super hot, so it's blue, but now it's red again. Yeah, because I think the we have blue for f- freezing eyes, and then we have red for fire eyes. <laughs> right, but I mean, they did something cool this episode because, as you know, the episode episode two which I don't know the name of because we prep for this show. Um, it started, uh, episode two of season two, started with a Supergirl, Superman, just like team up montage, which was probably one of the coolest things ever. Don't you agree? Yes. Like. And it, you could see like Kara, how much, how excited and how much fun she was having. Yeah. I mean, that's gotta be like a relief. Like the pressure is cut in half, you know? Like, whenever they got to that fire, that burning building, and they both show up, and he's like, all right, I'll take the cloud if you t- if you want to do your thing. And so she, and I didn't realize Superman could do this, but, I, like, I thought about it for a while, and it technically works. Like, if she were to blow her ice breath or frost breath into the fire, and then Superman, like, swirled it around a whole bunch, it would cause, like, a thunderstorm. Yeah. Like, and it would make it rain because of the condensation stuff. And I was like, that's actually, like, that's a really smart thing. Because I don't know, like, if that would work if they were alone. Like, if he were able to blow Frost Breath down while swirling, if that would cause the same effect. And I was just like, that's actually, like, a really cool graphical idea. And, like, the CGI on that was pretty cool. And I don't know. I just, I liked it. And it... (laughs) I think the best part of the episode was whenever they stopped those, like, jewelry thieves. Oh, like, uh, the car? <laughs> and they shoot him with the gun, and then he throws the gun down and tries to punch him. And he's like, now, <laughs> if the gun didn't work, what makes you think that the punching would work? And I was just like, that's... Uh, I like this Superman. That's and this cool. is why um, Tyler... I'm just going to call him Tyler. He was in, I've seen him in Teen Wolf. And it was a very, like, he kind of portrayed, like, a dark character in Teen Wolf. And that's kind of all I know him from. So, like, to see him in this role where, you know, he is serious at times, but he does the comedy well, too. Because Superman is kind of like a, I mean, I'm not going to say Superman's happy all the time. But, like, Superman's a very, like, positive, like... You know, he says things like in a jiffy and like, you know, he's (laughs) Jiffy's a measurement of time, lighthearted. And I think I was kind of initially I was like, oh, is this the right fit for, you know, Superman? But yeah, Tyler does this well because that line, I actually was like cracking up laughing because it was funny. Yeah. like, And I I feel like like I, I at first I felt the same as you. 
and I feel like it's because up till recently, like people have been almost afraid to make Superman kind of that light and funny version like he kind of was in the old films. And I feel Christopher like Christopher Reeves did a very good um light and funny Superman. Yeah, and like a light Clark Kent and I was thinking about it, especially at the very end, whenever he's talking to Perry White on his cell phone. And, you know, he does that whole in a jiffy joke, but he also, what does he say? He says something to him that almost makes it seem like Clark Kent is still from like the 60s, whereas... Something like Great Caesar's Ghost or something like that. Yeah, like he says something to Perry White on the phone, um... That, that just made me think, like, he, he's really playing the Christopher Reeves, Clark Kent, and he's not changing him for the time that the the setting is set. And I think it kind of works yeah. well in a way, because he hasn't changed at all, whereas the world has. And I don't know, like, I, I just, I, I'm starting to really like him, and I think we've just gotten so used to this serious Superman that I think it's just refreshing to see something different. Yeah. And I, from what I've read, um, you know, obviously due to certain things, we can't have Superman all the time, but I did read that they're probably going to bring him back like every now and then. So, yeah, I mentioned that on the scene in nerd that, that was lost that I, I don't expect him to be around that much. Yeah. Because I, I was talking about, you know, he, they do like the AOL IM chat. And yeah. now they're text messaging. Yeah. <laughs> I started laughing whenever she was texting him. And they're like, I miss you already. And I was like, well, that's the last time we're seeing Superman. Now it's back to the text, man. <laughs> but yeah, I, I hope I hope he'll be back, you know, quite a bit. Because with two heroes that can travel to the other side of the globe within minutes, like you'd think they'd be able to go help each other. Yeah. I mean, for crying out loud, like I know they've retconned it, but Superman flew around the earth, like, like, and made it spin the other way to reverse time. He can, he can fly, you know, a couple miles to, to, to see Kara. What the hell's the name of her city? god national city national city i keep wanting to call it metropolis but yeah he's a metropolis it was cool to see metropolis this episode but one person who isn't a fan well isn't really a fan of superman would be hank henshaw they had a little bit of like conflicts the past two episodes yeah they kind of they kind of resolved that though this episode didn't they yeah they went to the Fortress of Solitude and they kind of had their bromance moment where, you know, Cal learned that Hank had learned Kryptonian because he was like, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want our, like the knowledge of our species to die out, you know? Yeah. He said something like, um, you know, the whole thing behind their conflict was that Hank was keeping Kryptonite at the DEO and Superman didn't think that was right because, you know, Kara was so close to it. And Superman felt that uh, kryptonite should be, like, kept, I don't know, in a mountain or whatever. And um, 
when they're in the Fortress of Solitude, he said something he wants like, to ensure that Earth won't end up like his planet did. Right. He wants to have all the abilities to fight off any kind of threats that will come because he doesn't want to have and he doesn't want to have Earth end up like his planet was and how uh, Krypton Krypton was and it was kind of like a it was such a nice moment to see that because it was like you know Hank is really he he's just trying to protect Earth and maybe it's a you know a um, controversial way but I don't know, he just doesn't want to see another planet die. Yeah, and he brought up, like, I feel like the best point he brought up was that, he, I mean, he mentioned, like, you know, last season when they did, what was it, the Myriad? Like, that Superman couldn't stop, you know, Astra yeah. and them from Myriad because he was under the control, and it was thanks to Kryptonite that they were able to stop that. And so... Yeah. Um, yeah, and Astra, I think, um, Alex. She shoved a a sword through her. (laughs) Yeah, a sword of kryptonite. Which is still one of the, it was like a lightsaber, it was one of the coolest things ever. (laughs) But, but yeah, now that, I thought that was a good, like, story arc between those two, because at the end, you know, he gives superman all the kryptonite on earth which you know is probably bullshit but if it if it was all the kryptonite on earth like how do you think the rest of the show would go he said what did he do i'm giving you all the kryptonite encased in lead and And to me that kind of just sets up like you just i hope he saved some because like that kind of just sets up something like bad to happen Plus, if it's in lead, Superman can't see, can't use x-ray vision to see that it's actually in there. And he probably won't open it, the check, because it'll make him super sick. So it's possible that he just, he didn't give him anything. Or he gave him just a little bit. He just filled it with rocks. (laughs) 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 It's filled with Batman toys. Is this heavy? Does this seem heavy? Yes, it does. (laughs) I'll throw in some old clothes. Yeah, and you and your points your points good because they didn't actually show what he did with it. He just took it and flew off and like if I were him I'd throw it into the sun. But I mean, who knows? It makes me nervous because it was like it's things like that when you hear that in T V shows that the next thing you think is like, Oh, they're gonna need the kryptonite to fight Cadmus, which whew, those people are very crazy. Is that the right term? You mean uh, Cadmus Scientist, played by yeah. Brenda, Brenda Strong? <laughs> I'm on IMDb right now, and it just has her as Cadmus Scientist. And you were saying before <laughs> the show... I call her Creepy Doctor. Creepy do- Yeah, you were saying before the show that they haven't even named her yet. Like, the writers Which, still haven't named her. I mean, that makes me speculate that she has some kind of connection to someone on the show, because why wouldn't they give her a name already? Right. That's I mean, a, they they can't point. just they can't just keep calling her like well, no one calls her anything but doctor. But I mean, like there has to be a reason why they haven't given her like an official name like Doctor Jones or whatever. Doctor Shot. She's Wynn's <laughs> mom. Like both of Wynn's parents are terrible people. Which would be awesome. That's oh, what. God. 
if if she's I would love for her to be Wynn's mom because I was trying to think of other people uh, on the show who didn't like who characters who it would like you know it be be bad for them if their parent was like a super mad scientist. I mean, the only person I can think of is Jimmy Olsen, but uh, <laughs> I think it's got to be Wynn's mother. Let's call that. Yeah, we'll say it's Wynn's mom because that would be ironic. But I don't know. Like, yeah, and she she's about the same age as uh, Calista Flockhart, so she can't be unless she's like a sister of her. Maybe she's Cat Grant's sister, and maybe that's why Cat that Grant's be- leaving Catco. <gasps> oh, we. I feel like we would have heard about a sister by now. But yeah, Cat Cat Grant's leaving. How do you feel about Calista Flockhart leaving? We knew she was going to. I'm not okay. I'm not okay. Uh, it's, it's still a sensitive subject. Um, I, I understand the reasoning, you know, the logistical reason, but why Calista Flockhart can't move to Vancouver. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's sad. I know she'll be back for like, they say that she'll come back for a couple episodes, but you know, we'll probably see her like four times this season, which kind of sucks. The only thing that I like about it, and it's and it's because Cat Grant's still like the best character on this whole show, is if she's leaving National City. Took me a minute to remember <laughs> the name of the city. If she's leaving National City, that means that she might be passing through Star City or Central City or Nazi Germany. <laughs> And appear I mean, on one of the other shows for like an episode. And... <laughs> it's it's the one-liners that they give her. And Calissa Flockhart has always been like an amazing actress. And I think she just, she took this role and she, um, you know, it was, it was like you were looking forward to watching Supergirl because you wanted to see the show. But then in the back of your mind, you were like, I can't wait to see what Cat Grant says this week. Oh, she's the best. And they had like and, a really yeah. good kind of fake daughter mother moment yeah. this episode and it just really like made it makes you know that you're gonna miss cat being on the show because of how great like that one moment itself was that you're gonna miss all those moments you know it's kind of like i wish maybe you know instead of maybe giving supergirl what did i say fire eyes ring yeah. fire ring eyes of, fire eyes f- maybe eyes we could have we could have taken that money and like tried to dangle it in front of Calista Flockhart and be like, "Come on, come on, come to Vancouver, come on." Yeah, we'll give you an apartment in Seattle. You can ride the train. Yeah, yeah, helicopter. But... Yeah, she's she's a great actress, and and I feel like like now that I've thought that she might appear on the Flash, I feel like we need to start shipping Joe and Cat Grant because. <laughs> That would be the best. Best dad, like, best dad, best what, mom. What ship? What ship name would that be? Like, Jet? Like, I don't know. I'm not good at coming up with ship names. West Cat. <laughs> Dingo. Cat West. I don't know. <laughs> West Grant. But I, I think that like CW's dad with the the best female character yeah that'd be cool but yeah they had a good uh daughter daughter mother moment and she's 
leaving and then she also got a good kind of goodbye from supergirl who she still doesn't realize is kara i read some article and someone said that you know they said that they think that cat grant knows that kara's supergirl and she's kind of just playing along with it she has to right i mean yeah i kind of the way i watched um when i rewatched that ending scene between them i kind of felt like maybe yeah I think that Cat Grant knows. I think, uh, and she's just kind of playing along with Kara because Kara was so desperate to like you know keep her secret. Yeah, and I feel like the evidence of her knowing would be in just like the way she handles herself around Supergirl. Like most people would be freaking out, like "Oh my god, it's Supergirl!" But Cat Grant's like already so like used to her being around. Yeah. I mean, like, look, look how she was just around Clark Kent. She was like, hello. She was like a little cougar there, like. Yeah. Getting all flirty, flirty with Clark. Yeah, but Clark's ass. (laughs) Dead ass. Dead ass in those khakis. (laughs) (laughs) That's why Kat's leaving. She had too much of dead ass. She has to get away and take a breather. But how about. It makes no sense whatsoever now that Jimmy Olsen has her job. <laughs> no, um... <laughs> he goes from he goes from photojournalist to like what like owner of Cagre. Like I don't understand. Like right, how does that work? I know. I I just feel like they were like, all right, we have to give Jimmy something to do now that he's. Yeah, now that he's been friend zoned, and so you know, no one liked that relationship. We got to give him a reason to keep talking with Kara. Boom! Now he's the CEO, but he's still like, even though he's technically her boss, she's got a new boss, Snapper Carr, <laughs> who sucks. I can't, I can't, I can't take his name. I can't. Snappa. For I, I forget what I. First of all, Snapper. Are, automatically makes me think of like the fish snapper i feel like he should be like creel (laughs) (laughs) be like supergirl you want some scrimp (laughs) (laughs) with a name like snapper car (laughs) but no snapper car was a douchebag he really was like i liked him at first but i feel like by the end of the episode like his attitude was it it just, it was about, it got too much. Yeah. Um, like, he, poor Kara keeps asking for a chair. And he's like, no, you don't get a chair. You don't even have a job. You don't no. even work here. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. No, no, I don't remember. Do you remember him, like, in the comics at all? Is there a snapper car in the comics? Well, no. I, I don't know. Because I, I don't read a whole lot of Superman. I assume with a name like that, that he has to be. He he actually is because I just, I'm on IMDb and I clicked on his, his character's name and yeah. he was in like the Young Justice cartoon and in the Justice League cartoon. So he is a character. Snapper. He calls Kara Ponytail. And <laughs> I like that nickname. <laughs> Kara calls him Jerk Guy. Yeah, I like that. And she goes, I don't need you to like me, jerk guy. Yeah, 
You're as bad like, as insults as you are as report as you are <laughs> reporting. Like I like the dialogue between the two of them. Like, and I feel like that's why I liked him at first because that first like argument was good. Yeah. I just I hope it doesn't. I hope he kind of shows a little more character than just being gruff. I know I won't be able to stand a whole season of it of. No. Because I mean, like, Cat Grant, she was, you know, she was a big B word in the first season for like the first half. And, but, and you, it, but you, but you laughed, it. but you laughed when she said things. Snapper card is just like, yeah. Mean. Right. Yeah. Snapper's just kind of mean. So I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully that'll get better because I I want to like his character and I I feel like having a character like him when Kara is such a positive person to try and bring her down like that that adds some conflict and I I think that'd be be good to see in the non-supergirl half of the show. I like how we get to see with Kara like as Supergirl, she's confident and she kicks ass and this and that. And she's, you know, strong. I'm an independent woman. And then when it comes to her personal life, she's like bumbling and nerdy. And like, it's, it kind of like, you know how Clark Kent, like he, he acts that way on purpose. Yeah. Kara, that's generally like how she is with her personal life. Like she's kind of like a mess and her and Alex were having some conflicts, you know, this episode, because um she invited Clark to sister night <laughs> <laughs> and she suddenly um she she thinks all of a sudden that she should move to metropolis to be with to ha- well to help Clark fight off whatever in metropolis and national city would be safe and you know Cat Grant was leaving and she has this moment like she's sitting on the couch and she said Everything is changing so fast. I don't do well with change, mm-hmm. which is weird for her to say because she's as Supergirl. She so, so much changes around her and she just rolls with it. Right. So it's interesting to see that kind of like struggle, that internal struggle, how we go from confident Supergirl to, you know, Kara, who caught her, her insulting someone. She calls him jerk face, jerk guy. <laughs> Right. So I hope we, we get a chance to kind of see Kara grow into a co- more confident person. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what they were setting up here with the ending where she gave him, like, the eyewitness reports and stuff of the And the how battle. do you how do you write an article with, without one adjective in it? That's what I was thinking, especially being <laughs> in an English degree course now. I was thinking, like... Why? Why would you even do that? <laughs> I, I sat there and I was like, should I try to like write something and not use one adjective? I want to see if I can do it. Like, she said, like I think it was five hundred words or something, no adjectives, yeah. something, something. And I was like, can you? Can is that possible? I guess. I mean, I, I that's something I'd have to ask my writing proficiency <laughs> teacher because, yeah, because I mean whenever you write for a big newspaper like that, you do, you are very limited on word count. And so maybe adjectives take up too much space. You know, maybe Cara knows more about writing for a newspaper than we do. Just proves that she's ready, ready for it. So we should probably talk Cadmus because 
that was big this <laughs> yeah because cat <laughs> you know what i thought of whenever uh cadmus came on that tv and started showing like all that shit i really wanted to all of a sudden hear live wire <laughs> Because Livewire totally did the exact same thing. All the TVs in Cat Grant's office turned on and she was just like, Livewire. And then she like did the whole like announcement <laughs> thing like Cadmus did. That's how, like I guess, villains now, they... Yeah. That's the big thing now. You hijack uh, cable internet broadcasts and announce your presence and how you're going to destroy all the aliens in the world. And <laughs> the creepy doctor made... Metello and what did you call the second one? I called him Metello Jr. What did you call him? <laughs> you just wanted me to be super racist. I called him Metello San. <laughs> but on IMDb, he's listed as Metello 2. Whatever. So... And so she made two of them. Um, and we had one in, wait a minute. One was in National City and one was in Metropolis, right? Right. And the the thing I'm confused by, especially with Metello too, is like Metello, the you know the the original Metello guy, uh, what's his name, uh, John Corbin. Mm-hmm. He like still has kind of his original personality. Like he wanted to get rid of the Kryptonians. Yeah. But this other guy, Doctor uh, Gilchrist, uh, Metello too. Like, he pretty much got turned in the Metello against his will. Like, why would he go along with Cadmus's plans? Or did they just, like, reprogram his brain somehow? Yeah, it must be something with the metal, with the, when you get the stuff running through your veins. And maybe they hook up some, like, EKG thing to your brain and zap yeah. you or something. Cadmus is pretty, I can't, I'm, I'm, very imp- I'm very impressed with this, like, secret vi- I mean, villainous organization. They're uh, basically they're basically trying to destroy all the aliens off of Earth. Yeah, I kind of I kind of like him, even though uh, Cadmus Scientist Number One doesn't actually have a real name yet, because we're thinking she's related to someone. I, I I'm kind of liking her character. Um, she's kind of like Tobias Church. She's just like very confident, even in the face of like people who are much stronger than her, you know? Yeah. I like the, I like these characters that come in and they kind of like, you know, it's not their show, but suddenly like when they're on the screen, you're kind of like mesmerized by their presence and you're like, they hook you in and you're like, yes, yes. I didn't know that was Brenda strong for like the first two episodes. And then finally I was like, who is this woman? I know her from somewhere. And then I finally realized it was Brenda Strong, but yeah, creepy doctor. Creepy doctor number one. <laughs> <laughs> you have to add the number just just to make it official. Like you have TV <laughs> reporter number one. <laughs> but yeah, I liked her. Do you think? Like I was expecting a lot more from Metallo than we got. Like he was he was a cool villain. Like a Especially, like, his obviously, like, rubber nipples. <laughs> like, like the fake chest that was, that he was wearing. Like, it, it looked like, it looked like, like, you know, whenever you wear, like, a gorilla costume. Yes. And, like, the gorilla boobs are obviously, 
fake and not your actual skin. Like, that's what it reminded me of. Like, it looked like it was obviously, like, rubber. <laughs> like, rubber nipples, rubber, rubber chest, rubber, like, belly button. <laughs> like, it, he looked, like, I was just, because, I mean, Metallo in the comics, he's a, he's a robot. Like, he's a straight up, like, he's yeah. a cyborg, but, like, whenever he gets damaged, like, he go, he turns in the Terminator. <laughs> like... Like, I don't know, I was, hopefully he'll come back. I was just, I was hoping that maybe they'll treat him like Ultron or something, just, like, keep upgrading him until the end of the season where he's, like, the full-fledged robot. The thing with, like, Supergirl is, and I love the show so much, but I feel like sometimes they don't use their villains correctly. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, like... They use them in the sense to, I don't know. I mean, this episode was about kind of like we had the conflict with, you know, so much change going on. And then we had conflict between Kara and Alex. And we had conflict between Clark and Hank. And then I feel like Metallo number one and Metallo number two, their purpose was to resolve all this conflict by everyone teaming up. But, you know, like we didn't get a chance to see more of their... um, villainous ability which that's a weird description but i like it villainous ability <laughs> what was really dumb about their plan too is like their whole plan was to split Kara and and kel up so that they could because they think they you know they could take them one-on-one yeah and it's like if they would have just waited one day clark would have been gone they could have both attacked Kara at once like it was a really dumb plan. I know. I mean, seriously, villains, if you're listening, call us and <laughs> meet us, and we will help you out with your plans because. <laughs> call guys... <laughs> us on 1 800 Earth Tweet us. But um, the very first fight that we saw with Metello number one and Superman and Supergirl on that bridge. And we have, like, um, we had to see, like, Metello 1 kind of kicking their ass. Yeah. And then we see, it was kind of cool that you saw the kryptonite running through Kara's veins. That like, in her cool. face. That was awesome. And then, um, you know, we have all that destruction on the bridge. And then there's, like, this light shining down. And there's smoke in the background. And then we get that... Um, Superman like cradling Supergirl in his arms, mm-hmm. and it was the the they kind of like um, imitated the cover of the Crisis on Infinite Earths comic book. That was really kind of cool. It was a beautiful shot too. Like you could tell, like that shot was really eye catching. Like you could tell that they were trying to like make that a point. Yeah, like, and you had like the, the smoke billowing in the background. And then that solo light going down, and it was kind of like you kind of like you. Ca- I kept like rewinding and then watching it again and be like, "Yes, that is cool." Yeah, it it was it was a good fight. Like they, he caught them by surprise because they thought they were just going to like save a, a, a attempt at someone attempting suicide, and it turned out to be James Corbin, and they were just like, "Oh, you've got rubber nipples and a glowing emerald on your chest." <laughs> And, did you see him shooting the beam like constantly shooting the beam at Kara? Yeah. He was like pumping his his hips. 
<laughs> and I was thinking, what is this actor thinking as he's like miming these moves without all the like, because you know he's not actually shooting anything. So it's just like I wonder like what he's thinking when he's like pumping his body back and forth. <laughs> like, how is this gonna look? But I just, I think this would have been way cooler if he was more robotic instead of with just like a weird spidery inset gem into his chest. Cause I, I had the impression we were going to go a little more robotic because do you remember the ending scene of episode two, when you saw, when he opened his eyes and you saw like the metallic eye. Yeah. I definitely thought we were going to go more robotic, but well, we got the robot hand, but I mean, they didn't use the eyes of fire anywhere else except for his hand. <laughs> but I, like I said, like I hope, he comes back like i hope they upgrade him because i mean i'm not sure what cadmus really does like i know they they pretty much create bad guys but you'd think that they'd want to invest you know and try and upgrade metallo into they'll probably they'll probably send him back to creepy doctor lady and she'll probably make improvements because um also alex's father slash Kara's adopted father slash Dean Kane is being held captive by Cadmus. Was it so Dean Kane? It is Dean Kane. You forgot, didn't know that? I forgot. He was in the flashbacks, wasn't he? Yeah, he's Dean and so they they were teasing his return, you know, cuz Alex was like, "They have my father." Yeah. And you know that he's not going to come back. Well, Cadmus scientist number 1 was like, "I'll tell your father you said, "Hey, and I was just like, oh, she's very forward about, like, like that. Yeah. So, I mean, she must be building, well, Cadmus must be building an army of people with villainous abilities. And yeah. I think, I'm pretty sure, you know, I, I think it's going to get to the point where, I'm not saying, like, warlike, but, I mean, we're going to be invaded with little people. Little people. See, my, and, my biggest... and, hope, and hopefully, when when the little people come back, Metallo is kind of you know improved. Right. I just I'd like to see Metallo be just like a badass villain. Like I want like a like you're saying I want to see like a badass villain, and and they need to stop using their villains like in cheap ways. I almost wish sometimes, and I say this all the time with all the other shows, that they'll use a villain for more than one episode. Like, give me, like, three episodes with Metallo. Do you know what I mean? Or yeah. two episodes. Well, we got like, two. Instead of, instead of having, like, villain of the week, I mean, villain of the day. Well, wait, villain of the week. Yeah. It, it just sometimes I think the shows could use some improvement with keeping their villains around for more than one episode. Yeah. And, I mean, you know you have the big bad always in the background, but... You know, I think it would, it would, it would feel more. I'm not gonna say lifelike, but it would feel more real if you know they didn't beat the villain in in two tries. It took like you know four or five. And I think the reason that me and you were both kind of latching on to Cadmus Scientist Number One, <laughs> Brenda Strong's character, is because like the problem that has always been the problem with the super characters like Superman, Supergirl and power girl and stuff like that is, is that their bad guys have to be just as super as them in order yeah. to be a match. 
and it, and it's nice to see villains like Maxwell Lord and Lex Luthor and Cadmus Scientist Number One, all, all three very notable characters, <laughs> you know, as normal human beings taking on these giants, like these god-like yeah. people. So, and I I think we need more of those enemies. Like we need enemies that are using their brains and using different things than just being super strong because we we've had way too many of those in this show yeah so really the last thing to talk about is really just win <laughs> <laughs> like he's basically felicity slash slash cisco ramon slash yeah cisco yeah i used to call him white cisco but i feel like they're <laughs> I feel like they're kind of taking him almost even more towards the Cisco. Like I, I was thinking this episode, like the way he was talking to Hank Henshaw, I was like, no one would talk to their boss like that, especially if yeah. it was like a governmental agency boss. Slash alien. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I found all of his comments like during the DEO scenes, like pretty pretty hard to believe and a bit out there. Like some of them were funny, but like the funniest parts for me is when wins around Superman, because he's like in love. Like he probably is actually in love with Superman. Oh, definitely. I mean, that would be like me. I mean, it's like meeting like your ultimate idol and he's very awkward around him. And like, it's a, it's, it's funny how like, I don't know. You could just see like, I mean, I'm not going to say he's in love, love with him, but he's, He's his idol. Yeah, I mean, he cried when Superman com- complimented him this episode. I, I, I probably I, would cry too. Alex is like, are you crying? <laughs> I'm really, I'm really glad that they moved um, Win from Catco to the DEO because uh, he adds, like, like we said, like he has that comic relief to the serious situations. Um, it's, I don't know, he's. I think I like Win better this season than I did last season. Yeah. And it's because he's in the DEO, he's interacting with everyone more. Um, I'm actually making up a new ship. I think Win and Alex are going to get together. I'm excited for this. <laughs> I All saw right. the chemistry on the screen. I saw it. They so teamed up. You're on the official Win is not gay ship then. I, I'm telling you, he's not gay. Nope. All right. So I, I think they said they were going to make one of their characters gay. One, I bet it's going to be Jimmy Olsen. It is going to be Supergirl, and I am going to have a party when it happens. Oh, God. Supergirl <laughs> and White Canary, please. But no. <laughs> Super Canary. Super Canary, but her white girl. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> yeah, you, you said it first, white girl. But, I did, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think when, like last season, Wynn was just pining over Kara for like half the season, and then he got friends. And typing. Yeah, and, and we never typing. really know what Wynn's job was at Katka. Like, he was just typing at his desk all the time. Yeah, I think and then they mentioned up, it. And then, like, he'd run up to that secret office that they had. I'm pretty sure they mentioned it in, like, one episode because Cat Grant was like, who are you? What do you do? I think he was, like, like some... He was a tech guy, but I think he... He might have like ran some. I don't. 
I don't know. I think he did something with her emails. But now he he makes super suits all of a sudden. The um, work. They barely and, work. They can be unplugged. And then what? Oh, he helped Alex find the person that uh, stole the kryptonite for Cadmus. Right. So yeah, I definitely I like him. He's funnier this season, and he's more he, more the he, do. He's more useful, yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, like I don't know. It was kind of funny when they were like. You can design Superman's suit, and he was like, "Yeah, sure." And I'm like, "How does he even know how to like? How does I don't know? Because he's smart, like because he's white Cisco." <laughs> so. All I know is I hope like we get for the when the crossover comes. If I don't get a scene with Win Cisco and Felicity, like I don't know, I'm gonna write to the CW and and Ray Palmer. Come on, you can't leave out legends. There, there's, there's Ray Palmer is the Felicity. Yeah, of, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Well, he kind of shares that role with Jax because Jax is like the guy that fixes up stuff, and he'd probably, well, I don't know, Ray can make suits and stuff too. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, just having Ray Licity in any crossover would make me happy. But we've talked about <laughs> Supergirl for way longer than I'd expected. I'm pretty sure it's been like over thirty minutes. <laughs> Do you have anything else to say about this episode? No. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think <laughs> I do either. It was, it was a good episode. I enjoyed it. I think uh, season two's looking up for me. So, and wait, one second. Um, I think, isn't next episode, don't we get Miss Martian? Is that her name? Oh, I have no clue. I haven't even looked. Miss got... Mars? Oh, I don't Ms. know her Mars. name. Miss Mar- Martian, right? I don't know. Because <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't watch the... Uh... I don't watch like the teasers and stuff anymore for that stuff because I don't want it to get spoiled. We are oh. going to get <laughs> Lena Luther back and yeah. we are going to get president Olivia Marsden played by Linda Carter in the next episode. I'm, I'm looking at IMDb. So that'll be cool. Well, anyways, I think Miss Martian is coming eventually. And then we're also getting Mon L, which is the guy oh, we well, forgot yeah. to mention the very end where Mon L. Mon L. Monel hey, is Mon. draining. <laughs> Monel, hey, Monel, hey, Monel. So yeah, Monel is draining from the phone power of Monel. from a from uh, yeah from the building to repair his cells, and then we have this very you know Kara's sitting by well Kara yeah Kara's sitting by his bedside saying you won't ever have to feel alone blah 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 and all of a sudden he wakes up and strangles her yeah. But, that was lovely, but now we're gonna get into him. <laughs> so I'm gonna predict something because, it, you know, if he was a true Kryptonian, they could put him out in the sun for a couple minutes and he'd be fine. Yeah. Like, and that's how he recharges his cells. But instead, he's draining power. Is it? Do you think it's possible that he could be Brainiac? Because I mean, Brainiac's he's he's the, he's kind of got the same like Kryptonian. Yeah. Um, he well, did come from the planet. What is it, Dominion or something? Demon? I don't know. I don't know. He came from some planet, and is it? Could he be Brainiac? That's a good. That's a good question. Theory slash observation. 
I'm flashing back to Smallville. I feel like in Smallville, that Brainiac at first, like, I don't know, because he's, he kind of has the same, like, kind of genetic structure as a Kryptonian, like, he's got the same powers and stuff, but he's, because he's the supercomputer, and I don't know. I'm still hoping it's, like, the alternate dimension thing where he's a human, with with powers and he landed on Krypton and was like Krypton Superman like that's what I'm hoping but who knows I, it'll be interesting we'll find out next week with Monel 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 so back to Ray Palmer uh, <laughs> Legends of Tomorrow this week it's pretty good they went I, to yeah. uh, Nazi Germany we're talking season two episode two as well. The Justice Society of America. Carrie, once oh. again, you're you you named them in the last episode of Cena Nerd where we talked about the premiere, but tell me a little bit about or about the JSA and tell me what you thought about Okay, them all. so the people that we have right now with us are Obsidian, Stargirl, Our Man, Vixen, Doctor Midnight, and Commander Steel. And um, just like a quick rundown, like Obsidian, he can uh, fly, he can cover the world in darkness, he can turn into a shadow. Stargirl has power from her little staff. Energy, her little ma- staff. <laughs> energy manipulation and flight. Yeah. Our man for one hour has super superhuman superhuman strength and speed. Vixen, we all know, she can turn into an animal. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Midnight, he has night vision, and then he he can do blackout bom- bombs, which blind people, which is weird to me. And then Commander Steel just has superhuman strength. Dr. Midnight, like, they focused on him and showed us his vision a bit in the opening fight between the Legends and the JSA. Like, what? I didn't quite figure out why they were showing us that like what he was doing like it was almost like he was analyzing the battle yeah, it, and like slow-mo or, an, or analyzing like i don't know like kind of like x-ray vision type of yeah yeah it was kind of weird because when that happened i was like what 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 what's he looking at right. Kinda, it, right i really liked obsidian because like when they were like i think it was rex tyler that was like uh cover the light or something and then all of a sudden I mean, he just like, I don't know, it's like fairy, black fairy dust came out of his hand and he just made everything really dark and I thought that was really cool. Yeah, and that's all he did the whole episode. (laughs) (laughs) He was like... That was his one thing, yep. Yeah, he was one of the coolest characters in the show. Like, from the JSA, like, I, I thought, but then they didn't really use him that much afterwards. Yeah, and it was kind of, I mean, he. I don't think he spoke. Dr. Midnight spoke like three times, I think. Yeah, I mean, maybe he's like a ring wraith. Maybe he just doesn't speak. He didn't take off his mask, that's for sure. The one thing that was new in this episode was we had a new introduction. Sarah yeah. Lamb did the whole, like, you know, in the beginning, like, blah, 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 legends, da, da, da. And that kind of made me question, like, is Rip really gone? Well, I, th- I feel like that's what they want us to think. Yeah. But it was almost it was almost a bit spoilery because 
by the end of the episode, Sarah becomes like the leader of the legends, like the, the new captain. And I think because of the intro, like I was almost expecting it. And yeah. I mean, because they, they have that whole thing where they're like, all of a sudden Dr. Stein is the captain. Yeah. And that's all because of freaking Rex Tyler being a dick and, and not listening to women, to women because except, he's from the forties. Except he'll listen to Vixen. Right, but and Stargirl, probably because Vixen can kick his ass, but yeah, and Stargirl. With their little staff. <laughs> but he just, he like automatically assumed that Dr. Stein was the leader because he was the oldest. Dr. Stein reacted the exact same I would, the same I would if I was put in charge. He was like, <laughs> everyone clear the room. I can't, I have a headache. Stop. Well, at first he was like loving it. He was like, oh, I'm, I am the leader, blah, 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 you know, like. I, I like all this attention, but I don't know. I I guess Sarah, she really does. She doesn't have like leadership skills. Do you think? I well, like... no, not. It's I'm... weird because um, what did I say about Sarah that was really kind of? Oh, it's I'm I'm loving this version of Sarah Lance because. She's, when we've saw when we've seen her on Arrow, she's always been kind of like lost and adrift and almost like sad. Yeah. But on Legends, like the first season, it took a little bit, like adjusting, and she really shines on the show. And I think the fact that she's been through so much in her life and she's seen so much like fighting and ugliness and battle and death, I think that kind of does make her a good leader. Yeah, I mean, it makes her the most, like, accustomed to every, like, worst thing that could happen. Like, she's not surprised by anything. And she's and she's a quick thinker. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which, that was, like, the whole thing they were showing. Dr. Stein's not quick at thinking strategically. Like, he's a smart guy, and he can figure stuff out whenever he has the time to. But he can't lead a team and that was like the whole point of this episode was the show to, to basically tell the audience this Sarah Lance is the new leader and this is why we didn't we wouldn't choose Dr. Stein because I feel like some people might argue that he's the smartest in the group which I would say Ray Palmer is oh Ray Palmer is by far the smartest man on earth too right now but Ray's 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 also a bit dumb Sometimes, like, so I don't know, like, it, like he wouldn't be able to get Sarah and Mick Rory to, like, follow him. Yeah. Follow his orders and stuff. Like, Sarah, Sarah could probably whip people into shape and get them to do it, so. Literally, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, an important thing to point out is, if we can all remember back to the season one finale, when we first saw our man... And he came to uh, the Legends and he said, you know, do not get on the ship, da 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 yeah. um, And then we kind of saw how that played out. Like, we saw him say, don't get on that ship and go to 1942. And then they showed him the flashback that he started to flicker away. Yeah, he dissolved. And when, when I, yeah, and when I saw that in the beginning of the episode, I was like, what the? How does that? And I'm like, oh, that must be some, like weird 
wonky time travel thing from like the 1940s. Maybe they haven't like, you know, gotten it down yet. So yeah, that was kind of cool that they did a flashback to that to kind of link the Justice Society into the show. Yeah, because we were complaining about the premiere that they didn't pick up from that moment. And it turns out after watching this episode that there wasn't a whole lot to that moment anyways. Yeah. He literally disappears like right after season one would have ended and they decide to go there anyways. And I don't know, it was interesting. And we find out that it's because reverse flash totally vibro hands him (laughs) vibro fists him (laughs) like which Ebarthon as like, I know they're doing the Legion of Doom, but I could honestly, Ebarthon as the main villain of the whole season is fine with me. Yeah, like, like I, definitely, because you see him, he shows up and um, he gives that serum to, I think it was like the Nazi guy's name was Krieger or something. Yeah, Krieger. Yeah, so we see him show up with that serum and he's like, yeah, you know, here, try it and we can make a deal and get more or something like that. And, um, you know, and then he ends up at the end of the episode, like you said, like, it's weird. He erased Rex from the timeline, but then like Rex's body was still there dying. So that was kind of weird. Yeah. There was a a few things in this episode, like whenever uh, they went or whenever they were going to leave like and went forward into the time stream after the JSA told them to leave then they find out like that the JSA died during their next mission in in France and Paris going after Krieger because Krieger got that serum and we get to go to this really snazzy jazz club yeah but I was thinking like if Commander Steel died then shouldn't Nate Haywood disappear yeah like, well, right? I mean, yeah, but here's the thing that I thought about that. And then I thought uh, he was actually that was right after Sarah had saw his bruise. And I was I thought to myself, like, maybe he's slowly dying because he's a hemophiliac. That's what I thought, too. But I mean, and what should have happened was he should have just actually disappeared. Right. But Yeah. I mean, he's too cute to not have him on the screen. <laughs> Nate Haywood's interesting. Like, I was actually surprised by the character, like the JSA and Nate Haywood's character. Like, for a while, because of what happened and the finale and Rex Tyler appearing, like, on the time ship, like, I was thinking that JSA would be, like, from the future for some reason. I I was thinking, like, of the, the League of Superheroes. And and mixing them up. And I forget that whenever you refer to the JSA, that it's usually like back before the 80s and stuff. Like they're the golden age heroes. Yeah, technically, technically the JSA operates on Earth 2. Right. But because we can't have the Justice League, we have the, they kind of like rearrange the, you know, the technical things. And we get the JSA. And um, I actually have never, I think I've read like a couple JSA comics, but they're, they're the older ones. And I don't think they have comics now. For the, I don't know. I could be lying. I don't know if they have Justice Society comics. 
comics. They'll, they'll probably come up with them soon. I I remember. I know. That... I know they have Justice League of America comic. Like it's very yeah. Well, that's justice. Lots that's like justice. the Superman Batman one. Like ju- the Justice Society also had the original Green Lantern, Alan Scott. Yeah. On the team, which I was really hoping for to be on this season, and who knows, we might get him later in the season because he's he's not like you know one of the Green Lanterns that they'll ever put in the movies. Obsidian is like the great great grandfather of Alan Scott in oh. in in um in like that's cool in you know comic lands, but yeah, I don't comic know. land comic land Earth comic. <laughs> <laughs> so so um they go to this jazz club that's what i call it i don't know was it a jazz club yeah it's like a french nazi jazz club so it was really funny that they have dr stein um imitate this you know hitler's favorite singer or something like that who just happens and, to ha- share resemblance to dr stein and i couldn't stop laughing because dr stein starts singing Idolwise from The Sound of Music, which is like one of my yeah. favorite musicals. And I, I was that. cracking up the whole entire time that he was doing it. It was really, it's, I, I it's like It's ironic. Yeah. Because they make like, a, he made a comment about it too, like something like something yeah. in the hills of Austria or something. But it, <laughs> it, it's, it's cool to have these moments with um, Victor Garber because like he's always been like in such serious roles and then he gets to come on legends and actually have like a comedic, you know, yeah. Role. And he can he's, sing. He's really, yeah. And he's funny. You know what we need in the crossover? We need Dr. Stein and earth Two Joe, <laughs> you know, yeah. to Joe, I guess he's dead now, but man, he could sing too. Like they need to have a duet. Yeah, a little jazz club. Yeah. But, I was I was telling you before the show, best part of all four CW shows was when the Nazi was trying to get Ray <laughs> to lift his arm and say "Hell Hitler," and Ray kept going like, rrr, rrr, <laughs> and then he's just like, "Ah, screw it," and he just decks the Nazi. <laughs> oh man, I I busted out laughing. That was the best part. Yeah, that show. was really good. It was like he couldn't even say the words to like even, I mean like he couldn't even act and like it was like his arm almost seemed like it, his his body was like fighting against it and his. <laughs> he was like, you know, I, I pulled something in my arm. I can't even lift my <laughs> arm that high. <laughs> and it's funny because it's like you know Ray, you never kind of like usually the first person to start fights is always like Mick Rory or Sarah. Mm-hmm. It's never Ray, and finally Ray got his moment. Oh yeah. It's all that hanging out with Mick Rory. Ray's becoming so a badass. We were trying to... Um, it was kind of confusing because we had two things going on with... Hitler wants this thing called the Ascaron Amulet. Right. And then at the same time, we have some dealings going on with this super serum thing, which, I mean, is... I call Miracle Miracu blue because it's blue. <laughs> and it's weird because um, this uh, amulet, am, I can't, oh my god. The, it's amulet, just called the amulet. It has like, it. I looked it up and it, there's nothing really on it. It just says it has occult power. 
So I'm wondering if that kind of like has something to do with Damien Dark. Right. Like maybe he needs it, but apparently Hitler wants it first. So I don't know. So that's how what basically what we're fighting for is to make sure that they don't get the amulet. And at the same time, we have this issue with the super serum. I felt like the super serum almost overshadowed the amulet. The amulet was almost like we didn't even see them recover the amulet. Like Commander Steel was just like, we got the amulet over yeah. the radio. And I was just like, okay. like, And I feel like they're setting the amulet up to be something important that maybe Damien Dark needs or something. And like, I'm not sure. I just, I felt like they focused too much on the super serum. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you with the overshadowing because I was kind of going back and forth and I'm like, wait a second. I'm like, I thought we were stopping the sale of the serum to make sure they don't make more serum. And I'm like, what is this amulet? And then I'm looking it up online and I'm like, shouldn't this amulet have like a Wikipedia page? Right. And all it says is it has occult power. And they say like, oh, Hitler likes to collect, um, you know, weird things. And then I'm thinking to myself, like, is there like a time right now where Hitler and Damien Dark are just like hanging out and chatting and, you know, like, hey, let's get that amulet. And it was kind of weird. Probably, which, yeah, makes me hate Damien even more. Do you know if Dr. Fate is going to appear in this season? I don't think so. That's a shame. Because I was thinking, like, you know, whenever you think of magic and a cult, my mind immediately goes to Dr. Fate Dr. and Zatanna. And... But that's what I was, like, hoping that we get a magical, besides Vixen, who basically can just turn into any animal, animal with her pendant. Beast I was girl. hoping... <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping we'd get um, a magic, you know, person. Like, I was like, you know, Zatanna would have been going to Dr. Fate, and I'm like... Constantine, maybe, like, but I was kind of disappointed that we didn't have a member of the JSA that was like that. Well, Obsidian's kind of a half measure. But, yeah, Beast Girl. Another good line by Ray Palmer. (laughs) It was, basically what happens when you inject yourself with the serum is you kind of turn into the Hulk, basically. Yeah, what did you think of Super Krieger? Because I felt... You know, I think at first I was like, holy crap, the CGI is like, it's almost as bad as uh, Adam Smasher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it wasn't that bad. As I Super, thought about it. Supergirl got all the money for the CGI this year, so. <laughs> probably. Well, I mean, like, you know, at first when they first showed him, I was like, this is almost Adam Smasher level of bad. And yeah. then, like, as they were doing the car chase where he was chasing after him through the woods, I was thinking, you know, this isn't, like, this isn't any worse than, like, the Incredible Hulk graphics, like, that movie. And and to consider that it's a TV show on the CW, like, it's not that bad. You know, I, I guess I shouldn't expect them to have movie-level budget. And so I, I think by the end, I was okay with it. It was a kind of like a, just a weird random thing to throw in the storyline. And I think I could have done without it. It kind of, it confused me more because I was like, exactly what is in that serum? Yeah. Um, why is it turning him in? It, it, literally, he was like the Hulk. 
and then the only it kept make it make, kept making me think of Mirakuru, which was like, and I'm like, wait a minute, it's Japanese, or we're doing that in like the 19 whatever. Mm. And then so like then I just got confused and started talking about Arrow, and yeah, so <laughs> I don't know. Although in the end, the serum saved Nate's life, like what it didn't. I didn't let. I it was they focused on it too much for me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the serum, the serum was kind of, it added a bit too much into the mix, which they needed to, like, I think they should have not done the amulet and just done the serum. Yeah. Because they did the whole scene with Reverse Flash, you know, given the serum as like a tester and stuff like that. I have a new ship now on Legends, Ray and Vixen. Oh, yeah. I can totally see it. What are they? Her, her real name's Amaya, I think. Like, um, well, you know. I've got it here. Yeah, Amaya Jewy. Yeah. So we'll call it. But I like they got along really well. They kind of like chemistry, and I was like, yes. Hot, let, Ray Rayxon. Ray Maya. Ray Maya Rayxon. Adam. That's a hard Adam. Name. Adam Ixon. Vixom. <laughs> Yeah. I could do this all day. Vix, Vix Adam, I I don't know. I, did you think that like they didn't really explain? You know, for for a lot of us that read the comics, we know that Vixen can it has been different people because the amulet gets passed down. You know, to to down the line of of that family. Family, yeah. And I felt like they didn't really explain anything because Ray didn't meet Vixen and Sarah didn't meet Vixen. And so like, I don't know. It, I feel like it would have been better if they would have had someone on to, or had, had like a line that just says, you know, the, the amulet gets passed down to my ancestor. Just like, cause I feel like people might think that she was just recast like, yeah. if, if they're not paying attention. Because I did like Macy Richardson Sellers. I liked her a lot better as Vixen. I thought she was a, a better actress for um, the role. I feel like this episode could have been like a two-parter type of deal. Yeah. You know, one part, like, kind of like getting, you know, learning more, a little bit more about the Justice Society America and, you know, the legends and having them connect more and then doing the battle thing. Because I mm. like, I, I'm kind of upset now because, from what I understand, the only member of the Justice Society that's coming with us is Vixen. Like Vixen's gonna be on the Wave Rider now. Oh, cool! Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, which is cool, but like, I don't know. It's like when, like, they were they were hyping up like the Justice Society marker. I thought we'd get more than one episode. Right. And so, like, you know. Well, I'm a, a little star pop. girl. I mean, she's so hot. But I, I liked Vixen. I'm I'm glad that she's coming on the ship. So that'll be interesting. And you, I, you, uh, you know what I was thinking of is, does anyone even miss Hawkman and Hawkgirl? No, I, I no, right? I thought a second about them. No, me neither. It wasn't until um. I think it was until I don't know when I thought of them. <laughs> you didn't. But 
all of a sudden it just popped in my head and I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, do I even miss them? And I'm like, I don't at all. I'm like, yeah. Eh. I think the main problem with this show, and it's going to be the problem for a while, is that there's just so many characters that they're trying to jam into it. Because if you think of, we've got the Legends, and then we've also got the JSA in this episode. Like, that's just so many characters. Yeah. Like, that's more characters than, like, Arrow, The Flash, and Supergirl combined that you need to, like, follow. Because in this episode, I didn't get enough McRory, which... Right. I want McRory all the time. I wish, I mean, I'd give him his own show. Yeah, I mean, Mick, Mick and Jax were pushed to the back, really, this episode. Yeah. Jax appeared, like, a few scenes just to, like, bitch at Stein. And that's about it. I don't know. I, and, and we didn't get enough Obsidian for my taste. Like, I wanted to see more of what he could do besides make it night night all i could all i could picture was like every time they showed that justice society table i pictured myself just like laying on top of that table and hugging it (laughs) and like i was like i'm thinking like should i do that to my coffee table should i get that seal you get like a whittling knife just whittling. It was it's so it was so cool to see like their office and their little like red telephone and I was like yeah. I, I would like pause the scene and I would be like, This is my home. I live here. I belong here. And I wish we had gotten a chance to see them sitting at the table because there are a couple like comic book covers where you see them all sitting around except the table's round. And it was kind of cool. Like I was like, "Oh, they're gonna—they're all gonna sit at the table," and I get excited. And no yeah. one sat at the table, and I was like, "Oh." I think my biggest issue with the JSA is we didn't get to see them actually be heroes. Like, yeah. Like immediately they fight with the legends, which you know, okay, first time heroes meet, they have to fight. That's like a comic book trope. But I feel like. Like, I wrote in the notes here that Rex Tyler is a dick. Like, he He didn't, you know, because I was just thinking you were talking about the red phone. Like, that's probably a phone line to, like, the president when the or the president calls them for help or whatever. Yeah, it's like that was that was. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the classic heroes and everyone knows that they're, you know, good guys and heroes. But I didn't ever really get the feeling that they were actual heroes like vixen made the whole thing towards ray saying you're not a superhero or you're not a hero blah 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 but i like yeah you have powers but i didn't feel like they were like great people yeah to see now see like i me being like obsessed with the justice league and obsessed with the justice society of america like and when i say obsessed like i'm saying obsessed like i love them yeah um it's disappointing to not see them have that time to shine. Right. And that's why, like I said, like this could have been a two parter episode. And, you know, like if you're gonna, if you're gonna tell me justice society of America is coming to legends, like, you know, bring it, let me give it, bring it. Yeah. I just, they didn't have enough time and they didn't even really, they didn't feel like heroes to me. Like they just kind of felt like kind of stuck up kind of jerks. Yeah. So 
So I don't know. Especially I, our man. And like, yeah. I get he, I mean, his deal is for, he can only usually, he only gets powers for an hour. So obviously I would be cranky also if I only had powers for an hour. <laughs> yeah. Um, And then he's supposed to be, I guess, the captain. So right. I don't know, but he did come across. Um, and it's weird because I actually got a bunch of old Our Man comics, but I haven't read them yet. So I'm gonna have to read them and find out if he's like, a, if he's a big of an asshole in the comics as he is, as he was portrayed. You should read one. Com- you should read one hour of Our Man comics a year. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think. It's weird because um, in that flashback scene that we had when he goes back in time to um, the season finale last year to tell them not to get on the wave rider, he didn't seem like an asshole then. Right. He seemed like a genuinely like a just a genuine nice hero, yeah. So the question now is Eobard Thon killed our man because he goes back and warns the legends and tells them not to come. Yeah. That means the reverse flash wants them to come, right? to to 1942 because i feel like the only reason they came to 1942 is because our man showed up and told them not to come to 1942 i thought they came to 1942 because of the whole bomb thing the torpedo see this show's already getting like yeah confusing okay so so if he doesn't warn them then they like, what does right, that change? So here's what I'm thinking. When he was choking him, he said something like, you go back in time and tell them. So I wonder if it has something to do with the super serum. Maybe he didn't want them involved with the super serum. I don't know, because I feel like if the bomb brought them back still, like maybe knowing that they would die if they went back made them more cautious or made them like i don't know i don't understand maybe like the whole bomb plot scrap now i don't think they're they're um i don't think they're making it clear as to like you know eva dawn is kind of just like zipping around like doing things and i don't think like the writers are making it clear as to like you know, each thing that he does, it kind of doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, because Eobard Thon's whole motivation is is to ruin the Flash's life, which he's kind of messed with him a bit in this Flashpoint universe, whatever he changed. And now he's off just doing his own thing, but I feel like in season one of The Flash, his whole, like, drive was to get home. Yeah. To his own time. Like, why is he in 1942 when... He wants it to be m- it must time. have something to do with. I mean, Damien Dark must need someone that can time travel. So, like, he, that's how he got involved with Ebot mm. Thawne. And, I mean, that amulet has to do something like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, it'll be interesting to see how Malcolm Merlin begins fits time in. traveling and fits in. Like, I hope they kind of introduce 
more of the Legion of Doom. Like, if it's just reverse Flash for, like, the first half of the season, I think people will start to get a bit bored of it. Yeah. But if they keep, like, switching big bads until they bring them all together, then it, so, it'll be interesting. Um, I told you that uh, Vixen is going to be traveling with them now. Yeah. Did you hear what Rex, Rex was saying to her as he was dying? No. I forgot. He said, he said time traveler. Oh, right, right. So it's... Vixen's automatic first thought is that one of them killed yeah, Rex Tyler. One of the legends did, yeah. So I, I'm assuming that she goes on the ship to kind of like figure out who killed Rex. So mm. that would be kind of like interesting, I think. And then the other thing is now Nate was injected with that Hulk Miracu Blue serum <laughs> that Ray adjusted somehow in that and now we're gonna see Nate getting powers. Right. I wonder what his powers will be because he's he obviously heals really fast now. Yeah. So I wonder if it's some kind of immortality or if it's like super healing or if he gets like some of the super Krieger powers like super strength like i hope they don't screw this up and like make him like i don't know dr jekyll like, mr hyde yeah other do you remember what they did with that arc with um mick rory and how they kind of like how captain cool just left him in like a planet you <laughs> yeah. know <laughs> the hidden garden <laughs> yeah like i hope they don't kind of ruin the character because i think I don't know. He's 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 got good optimism. Well, I th and I, and I think like and I'm not saying this in a romantic way, but I liked Nate and Sarah's back and forth and their like their friendship. Yeah. Like I don't see them like as being like romantically involved, but they had a good friendship and they had a good back and forth and like stuff like that. And I think he fits in well with the team, so I don't want to see like him turn evil or anything like that. Well, maybe. Maybe him and Sarah can get together like one hour a year. <laughs> he could be the new hour man. I don't know. I so, I think I think it'll be like I, I think I need one more episode before the season starts to really feel like it's rolling. I feel like this episode was more oh my god, the JSA's here. I wanna see like what they do. Which we didn't see a lot of what they do. It's kind of exactly. So it was a bit disappointing, and I, I almost, I just want like the thing about this show is that they zip around through time, and this time they don't have the constant, um, Vandal Savage, thing where they're just like constantly trying to catch him and follow yeah. him and trying to kill him at different time periods. Like I feel like they need to become aware of Eobardthon just so that they have a better drive. Like they need like the story long arc to begin really rolling. Yeah. You, they you know need to, I mean? they need their goal to be like, yeah, recognized. And we, I don't need to know exactly all of the plans for the legend of doom, but give me just like a brief outline. Like, you know, like the characters yeah. need to be aware that Sarah's obviously aware that Damien dark is around you know, and I mean, do any of them even know who? No, no one knows who. E oh, does McRory know who Eobard thought is? I don't know. He 
probably would because they were both in season one. Like the thing is, is if they see a speedster, they're going to go back and, and tell the flash. Yeah. And, and Barry will have to come in on an episode or at least just like consult with them for a little bit. And, and that, that's where they'll get their information from. So I, I would expect by the next episode for them to realize that there's a speedster, you know, causing problems. And then episode four, they'll probably go ask Barry who he is. Yeah. And, and that'll start like the chain of kind of detective work that they'll have to do to, to track him down. And by the time the crossover comes, you know, all the villains of the Legion should probably start appearing like Malcolm Merlin. And and that's the thing too. Like you're like, you know, when you, when they announce like, the writers announce things and be like, we're, we have the Legion of doom. Like, give me, show me the Legion of doom. I like, black man <laughs> <laughs> like I want to see, you know, them sitting around. I'm big. Obviously. I'm sitting just, around at tables. Yeah. You just want to see people sitting around. Tables. <laughs> have you ever heard of King Arthur? And <laughs> the Knights of the I, Round Table? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like that's like, if, I mean, let's be honest. If you're planning something, you should probably sit around and, at a table and do it. So I want to see the Legion of Doom sitting around a table, like, making their evil plans. You know it would be good to see Curtis and Felicity and Wynn and Cisco and Ray all sitting around a table just talking. That's all I want. We just want tables and chairs. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's my vision for every show. Give me a table and some chairs. We need table man. DC, get on that. So this is the second episode. I brought this up already once without Rip Hunter. Now, are we? I, I guess I'm assuming that he's somewhere in time. He'll be back. He has to be. Yeah. I, I mean, think, like I don't know I, what he's doing. He's basically in in charge of the Time Lords now, right? Well, they all are. They're Time Masters. They've crowned themselves Time Masters. Because they killed all the Time Masters. I feel like Rip is is basically... I feel like he realized, like, shit. Like, the Time Masters actually did something. I need to go and do their job and let the Legends do this stuff. Do their thing. He has to be somewhere in time. Like, either that... Either that or Gideon kind of told him inside info that she didn't tell anyone else and he like realized something big was coming and he had to basically disappear to get in front of it. I do I do wanna see him again. I like I like um Arthur something. I would I don't know what his last name is, Duval. Duval. No, that's not it. Whatever. I like the actor. I kinda like but the thing is, like, I'm adjusting to his absence, which is good in a sense, but, like, I do want him to come back at some point. Yeah, I'd be disappointed if he didn't, because I, I think he was one of the better actors on the show. Um, Arthur Darville. That was close. Yeah. Just a couple syllables off. Yeah, no, I, I, I do think he was one of the best actors on the show, and him and Ray Palmer, Brandon Ruth. But yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say. Sarah's the new captain. I guess that's fine. So, I think else? she'll make a great captain. 
Yeah. Maybe she'll sit at a table. <laughs> she, she will. She's going to sit at Rip's table. They, can... Actually, there is a table that no one's sitting at in the Wave yeah. Rider. One of the coolest things, and I think you posted a picture of it to us earlier, is like if you look around the office, Rip's office, there's like all the really cool like Justice League and Just Society stuff. All over the yeah, place. isn't someone's like something in there? I forget what it, you said it. You didn't you say it? Wasn't it like Aquaman's trident? I, don't I thought know. it was something else. There's something that belongs to someone. <laughs> that's in. Look it up. Rip, I, rip you're every, the one that I think you're the one that said it. I probably did because so, there's so there's a few episodes where I've paused it while they're in there in his office and I've like looked around. I think it has something to do with Dr. Fate. Yeah. I don't know. People, there's something that belongs to someone in Rip's office. <laughs> so, someone other than Rip. <laughs> so go ahead and look for it. And let us know if you can find it. Yeah, well, tell people where they can let you know. <laughs> where the thing is. Yeah, where the thing is. I'll be waiting patiently at a table in a, sitting in a chair. You can uh, tweet me at Care Bear Crew. Yeah, and you can find me on Twitter at The Ever Written. Uh, let us know what you think of this podcast. It was actually much longer than we had planned. And if you have any questions, theories, uh, you want to talk about tables, hit us up. Yeah. <laughs> Take care to Ikea, sit at some tables, <laughs> wall building tables. <laughs> yeah, and let us know like what you think of these two shows and if you want to hear us talk more of them, more about them, because, you know, the the other show, the the main scene and nerd show, they, they're going to talk mostly Flash and Arrow, and they'll bring up these two shows whenever they're relevant, but we'll, and we'll also join them for the crossovers, but just let us know if you want us to keep doing scene nerd earth two crew. That's what we're calling it mm -hmm. because on earth two, we only talk Supergirl and legends instead of flash and, and arrow. <laughs> arrow. <laughs> I'm getting tired. Hey, just a quick thing. I think I only referenced arrow like four times, which might be like a record. I think we referenced the Flash more, so we're doing good. <laughs> All right. Hey, if they can if they can reference Supergirl Legends, we can reference Flash and Arrow. But yeah, hit us up on Twitter, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. This has been a production of the GWW Radio Network. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Also, check out Geeks Worldwide at thegww.com for all the latest news, reviews, and opinions on video games, comics, movies, TV, cosplay, and more. Geeks, assemble!